You are listening to the Bondzilla Podcast. The Bondzilla Podcast is an ongoing analysis of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week, we return to the Hazy era and discover the first film of the Mothra Hazy trilogy. It's 1996's Rebirth of Mothra. James Bond. Howdy ho, ladies and gentlemen. I am Nick. I'm Will. And this is another edition of the Bonzilla Podcast coming to you live from our studio mm-hmm. apartment. No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's, I, I took that from another podcaster. So This, this is what we've stooped down to, yeah. is just stealing jokes yeah. from uh, other podcasts. Yeah. I bet they probably have like a... Uh, ads too yeah that one that one is like a very famous one too <laughs> it's a famous wrestling one though so i don't know how much crossover there is yeah in, in our in our uh, other than theft yeah shout out to the colt cabana there I'll, I'll give him the credit no it's too late now we're gonna be sued, sued. <laughs> now colt's a cool guy i haven't met cool him, guys sue all the time it's like the final thing you can do to be cool the coolest thing the coolest thing is is to sue somebody right right yeah that's that's why all the all the uh defendants and stuff in phoenix Wright games are so cool Mm -hmm. that's why phoenix Wright's so cool i thought you were just saying it in general he's like that's why defendants are so cool it's my (laughs) i mean i mean they keep making court movies and shows so i I can't you know i can't uh deny that there's an appeal to it i just i guess i don't know is there a court movie where like the defendant is like the bad guy um i'm sure there is there has to be mm-hmm. like there's got to be a movie where it is like a philadelphia type movie but the twist is is that like the guy you're following is actually the bad guy you know what? There is. There's got to be a movie. There is like a movie. That. There is a movie like that. Right. What is it? Uh, what's it? Uh, what's it called? Primal Fury, like or whatever. That sounds like a video game. No, no. Uh, it's the one with Ed Norton, and that's like his. It was like his big debut or big like coming out. And oh, yeah. I'm not. Then I'm not familiar with it. Well, I mean, it is a twist, so I guess I'm spoiling yeah. it. Yeah. But the whole thing is like the. I think it's like Richard Gere, like you know, is like defending him, and then you know. Right, gets him off for murder, and then at the end, it's revealed that Ed Norton was just manipulating him. Is it Richard Gere or Richard Greer? I, I, thought, it, I thought it was Richard. I think Gere. it is Gear. It is Gear. It's yeah. kind of funny. I think of like those Gear people from it's like Rick G- and Morty. G E R E. Yeah. Yeah. G E R E. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Good for him. Yeah, but that, it's like it's like the big twist is like because like they like Ed Norton like acts kind of like uh, like um, basically kind of to an extent of like maybe he has like a different personality or something like that mm-hmm. or uh, I forget the exact thing um, but uh, but he basically like acts as if like he's you know he you know Richard Gere fights for him to be innocent and then at the end he's like you know he figures out that the real person you know is like the murderer you mm-hmm. know like the real Ed Norton was like the murderer <laughs> not the other way around 
That's a, that. That's. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things. I, I gave it as a gift to our friend Patrick one year. Right. When I was giving him my. my you should. It, it, would that go on the list of movies where the twist is that Ed Norton is actually the villain? So it's like this. I lead a battle angel. Is there like another movie? Uh, I guess kind of Fight Club, right? Yes. Right. Fight Club is kind of like Ed Norton was the villain the whole time. Yeah. This is so. This is kind of like a little subgenre mm-hmm. of, of films. Is this whole? I, I like this. Yeah, I like. I, li- I like it. Yeah, and, that's and a good. He's also was revealed to be the villain of the Incredible Hulk franchise in the sense that he basically disallowed. You know, him leaving the franchise basically ended the Hulk having his own individual movie. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess you can stretch for that one. Yeah. But if you were to put together like a good double feature for like a drive-in theater. I think if you did Fight Club and I think Fight Club and I, and I lead a battle angel would be the funniest interpretations of that yeah. movies where Ed Norton is secretly the bad guy. It w- would be funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there's, there's that. Well, mm-hmm. always fascinating stuff for, for all of you. Are you looking up the name of that it's movie? Primal, primal fear. Primal fear. Fi- primal fear. Got it. From, Got um, it. From face the camera. Face the, the camera. I am face the mic. I mean, the mic is kind of like a camera, but for audio. Yes, I so agree. So face it towards you. You're going to lean back, and then you're not going to yeah. be facing it anymore. Primal Fear from yeah. 1996. Right. Same year as this film that we're going to be talking about today, which I'm not segueing into yet. So, I pres- ah. Finally, like you, yeah. fi- I finally give you. <laughs> I give you the segue, yeah. and you and you reject it. See how it feels. Yeah. See how it feels when you don't get the I mean, when you don't get the segue. I don't care. That would have been a good segue. Yeah. Well, you should. You should in this world. I'm the one who avoids the segues. That's true. That's true. Um, Godzilla news. I'm trying to think of anything going on. Um, Comic Con's coming up soon. It'll be online. Comic Con at home. Mm-hmm. Posted. Uh few things about it where there actually will be some panels uh related to our uh subject matters uh both revolving around comics legendary comics is having a um uh, a panel which will be a panel for comics for all of legendary entertainment's properties uh not exclusively monsterverse properties uh but um this kind of makes sense as the um a lot of preview material for the prequel comics for uh Godzilla versus Kong have been uh popping up like yeah. um the um the confirmation that you know we're getting two different types of uh comics one from the point of view of uh, Godzilla one from the point of Kong um uh, and panels and such have been popping up uh so that so that's kind of exciting um, kind of going through some of the news, we'll finally get a look at Kamazots, which we had uh, talked about last time. Maybe not last time, but at some point, which is the giant uh, ang- uh, Aztec bat that Kong will fight. Yes, uh, that'll be fun. Yes. Um, so that's cool. And then also, like, uh, there, there's going to be a panel about uh, Bond comics too, which I which I thought was which I thought yeah, was the be Bond funny. comics are are an interesting thing because I believe that the one. The main one that they've done is essentially like it's more in the realm of like the Bond novels, where it's a continuation of mm-hmm. the the Fleming 
verse and the Fleming bond as opposed to to doing stuff with with the films because I believe it's it's a venture with the Ian Fleming estate and not necessarily Eon right. production. So um, unless you know you won't be seeing really you know Bond crossing over with the Power Rangers anytime soon. But um, that uh, so there there's all that um, and one of the uh, one of the fun exclusives uh, for Comic Con online was a was a, a Godzilla. It's seemingly, I think, a Godzilla versus Destroya uh, lanyard uh, with some uh, some sweet pins. You know, I'm gonna miss that part about Comic Con. Yeah, is that's... getting the enamel pin. I just got into like, collecting the the pins. Right. I got pin crazy last year, mm-hmm. and, and or two. I guess it was. Yeah, I got like. Is that two years worth of pins? That's twenty. Yeah, I got 2018 up there. Um. So yeah. Um. Right, because I went back for one. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Actually, one of those is uh, is a Bond-related pin that I like. I have to post that. It's uh, the gun barrel scene with a little blood splatter yes, um, on it. Um, but obviously, I mean, it is uh, – for me, my, my feelings on this have been, uh, I think, a little bit complicated, but I'm very empathetic to uh, many, many others about it is coming up on, I think, what is it, next week mm-hmm. that uh, it will officially be – or is it this week, actually – where it's like Comic Con at home. Let me well, look that up real quick. Yeah, because I think it's code. also they they lengthened the time too, because it's not just like the weekend. I think that's just I think there's more stuff happening over a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it looks like it it'll be the same days as the um, the original uh, con. That's which what is, I, uh, I which is next week. Yeah, which will be uh, like the twenty second. Um, but. It is it it is strange though. I mean, it, it, it's strange, and because because my feelings of it were I had kind of written it off, like as soon as the craziness started. Yeah, like, yeah. So, I mean, it was one of those things where, like, I think you kind of knew, and you were just you were just waiting for the official nature of it. But it is kind of it is kind of weird because I guess like. It's one of the things where I haven't really considered that that's a thing that I'll miss only because everything's kind of blended together where it's just mm-hmm. almost as like, you know, you kind of stopped being like, oh, yeah, Comic-Con was then. And yeah. it's one of those things where, you know, like the stuff that they did where it's like, you know, your tickets roll over to next year. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that kind of helps a little bit that we're not like, oh, we just wasted money or whatever that we do get to hopefully go in 2021. But it is like, you know, I, I kind of like looking through the art pieces like you know and and going through like honestly like that was the thing that really and i and i knew that so i i I had even been kind of going through like how i was going to support artists elsewhere um and but that was a moment like not too long ago where i kind of thought about that because i have a lot of like comic-con just art around and then even looking at the enamel pins that I've been collecting. So it's stuff like that that I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to actually miss a year without any of that um, patronage. And right. so so that was and a little bit I like weird, I thought. Going through the boots and seeing, like, the Disney stuff and, and and just the, like, the Marvel stuff I can get. Like, last year I got these, these, cool, the, these two awesome, like uh, – little like it like the itty bitties from hallmark i got like the wrath of khan ones i thought were really cool and mm-hmm. and it's just one of those things where you know and like this year too i would have been you know because i always like see like the record boots you know and i'm like oh like that's cool and then right after comic-con d23 last year was like when i started getting into like record buying mm-hmm. so i could have that would have been my like a, just a different 
smains of like oh going through records and stuff mm-hmm. like that don't you own don't you own that inside out record that you got signed yes don't you own that have I you ever do. popped that out now that you got the uh because it is the, the only reason this is funny to me as well is because one of the mondo things at um at a comic-con last year was a who framed roger rabbit uh vinyl yeah. like in uh, the cover was cool i mean it was mondo so the presentation was nice as always and we hadn't quite gotten into neither of us had quite like gotten into vinyl to the way that we're in now and it's one of those things where i kind of thought you may want it but you know just out of because uh, you and i both were kind of like well this would make a good piece to put up on the wall like we don't know if we'd actually ever use it yeah. and then very shortly after right like you you uh did it right and then i eventually did i got an original release roger yeah. rabbit record which i kind of was more interested in um only if there's only a few certain records that i would want in re-release mm-hmm. well, um, well screw me then well no i'm just saying yeah. just no, saying. no 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 it's it's all good it's all good sorry uh, i brought it up no it's fine <laughs> but I mean, it's also like because because again, it's just like one of those things where the whole thing of just like announcements too. Because one of the things we've seen with E3 being canceled was right. that like the announcements and those presentations were spread out throughout the summer. Mm. Um, in the sense where it's like you know we're like you know we've had like the big PlayStation reveal thing, like Xbox has one coming up, and then. You know, Nintendo might be also having one next week too. So, it's well, one of the, and, but it's like we've had more individual drops, and it's kind of like for movies, it's weird too because we're we're again we're just in a position where now again every week it's like, you know, we've already we're supposed to be seeing like okay, Mulan and Tenant were already supposed to be out, and those basically just keep getting pushed every one. every every week is just one more week in which some other piece of information. That allows us to tease Christopher Nolan comes out. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, but it's just like, you know, like, you know, you think about like the Hall H and you think about like what, you know, Marvel having a panel yeah, or, yeah. or DC like I, setting I, up their new stuff. I, I'll or- say this. I'll, I'll, this was one thing. I don't know if I definitively said this, but this, so correct me if I'm wrong, but this is one thing I do think I was very much wrong about. Like, couple going a couple months back is that I did think say that there would be potential that this comic-con period they could still do and and this is actually going to pivot into a a positive thing regarding comic-con and then it's going to pivot into a godzilla thing which is what this podcast is about but i did say that you know one of the things that they can still do is you know movie news and like you know they could still that whole thing won't they don't they don't have to stop doing that because it's like they can still get all the publicity and the momentum and they can probably get a little bit more of it because Comic-Con's online and we're unveiling it not just at in like the Hall H. We can actually reveal it to the world. Like I, I think this could have been like a cool time where maybe you could have shared and I, I think you could have gotten a lot of traffic by sharing it in an unprecedented way um, as an alternative to this whole catastrophe with uh, Comic-Con and everything. Yeah. Um, but just seeing i would say like in the past like two months it's just very clear that like movie news in general is just something like nobody wants to really move forward with anything and And understandably so so it's like it, it did not surprise me that we're heading into this period and i think you may still get a thing here or there um right you you may get some stuff but 
I was very much wrong, understandably, about that this period could be a period of unprecedented like movie presentation. Well, and I, I also think, to be fair to why that may be, because I think that the other... I think that the things that we are have been seeing announcements for or seeing teases for for Comic-Con are the things that I feel like have become the most easy things to do at yes. home. Where mm-hmm. it's like video games, you know, people can right. program their own computers. Like animation has been the big talk right now mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, I think uh, uh, one of the – I remember seeing this. It was like It was like the Disney TV panel featuring the Simpsons, Family Guy, and American Dad. And I was like – Oh boy, mm-hmm. um, that's weird. But that's like the thing where it's like, and and even stuff like comics where it's like, okay, you can write it and draw it at home, and then you know send it at what you mean. So you don't need to go to office for that. Like all that's the stuff that we're getting news for, and like and and even like the a lot of like the toy stuff that we're seeing, again, easy at least for the concepts to be like kind of like right, right. Need. Where it's like movies, the whole thing about it is that like, you know, it's just we really don't know. We you know like some things in in other other and odd places are like filming stuff but again there's not really like full-scale productions aren't happening again yet um well not think about it this way not only would we be close to a black widow blu-ray release if it weren't wasn't already out but you would have had it a theatrical run possibly a blu-ray release you would we would have had so much information, we would be kind of just waiting for our second Eternals trailer. Mm-hmm. So not only has none of that happened, but, and I haven't thought about it to this actual moment, there has been no real superhero movie news in four months. No. Other than, like, spinning the wheels of, right. like, just kind of random smatterings here and there. But, like, the last, like, big piece of news was, like, Christian Bale... Maybe a villain in the next Thor movie. And then, like, other than, like, actors saying, like, Tessa Thompson being, like, Marvel's cool. (laughs) Like, there's been zero rumors, news, nothing. The only other thing was, like, that Michael Keaton in the Flash movie thing. Which again, yeah, like, that that was uh, yes, you're right. So I, I stand corrected, but, but that but that also, was, but again, like there's no there is there would be one like that every week but, but, though. Yeah. But I think like the whole thing too is like with with the games and stuff. Like, yes, things might be pushed back, but I feel like again, you can still set more of a specific date. Like you know, like the one of the things about the Nintendo needing a conference is that you know after Paper Mario releases this week, they have no scheduled releases for the rest of the year. Mm. Where it's like, but that stuff, it's like, okay, and it, again, games are already in a model where physical releases and digital distribution and ordering from Amazon are like a core part sure, of sure. the thing. So mm-hmm. those games can afford. The thing about movie news is and, like... And, and I should say, just to piggyback off that real quick, is that the I'm sure that the um, working parameters of working on a game are somewhat affected by world right. issues but you're right it, it, all they would have to do the time and the delay may just be to figure that out you right. don't necessarily have the distribution right we've model seen it, we've being seen affected. it with, with like the smash dlc mm-hmm. yeah. it's like you know there's basically like yeah we're kind of still working from home and it's hard to communicate but we're getting it done mm-hmm. whereas like the thing about the movie news and i think what's really kind of Pointing everything as a hold, and this includes for for Godzilla and Bond, mm-hmm. is the sense that like we really still don't have a grasp on like when we will actually be able to reopen the theaters, right? And and when will we actually be able to start production? So even if there was like oh, and, and not to mention also how do you get 
people back into theaters right. as well. Like, so, like, so th- like even, that. like, let's just say for, like, a weird example, like, you know, there's, there's a possibility now, and it, it is kind of creeping up because we already hit the end of July, and it's, it's, you know, those October and November releases are kind of moving. Yeah, they're getting closer. And, so, like, and, if yeah. we, mm-hmm. you know, because right now it's, like, again, Mulan keeps getting pushed back, keep getting pushed back. If we get to a point where it's like, okay, Mulan hasn't come out in theaters and it's October, do you just, you know, do they completely move about Black Widow off the the, the market? Right. Or do they like delay Mulan the next year? Or like, there's going to be these questions and we might get to November and there might be questions about No Time to Die. There mm-hmm. might be questions about all these movies that moved from April to November. And there's going to be a point where the studios have to be like, is 2020 a lost cause for the theatrical experience. Like there is going to be a point where that is a question. It is funny going back in the day. Remember when we were young back in March? Yeah. It is funny going back and I think both you and I were of the opinion that uh, like November, let's just say November. Obviously we kept in mind that you don't know what's going to happen, but we we were pretty confident that like th- that's a completely reasonable place to put it at. Yeah. And, you know, you're right. I'm, I'm sitting here, and now it is just, like, it's still, like, it, it has become, like, a, a, like, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to probably be honest. I, I probably thought that, like, at that point, not that, like, oh, like, the world will be w- just as it once was. But I thought that easily you would get to October, and then it'll be like, all right, well, you know, the movies are going to, you know, come right. out eventually. But it's just... And it's not even, and again, I'm not trying to make a stance or like right. a soapbox about it. I'm just saying just all the factors of it, like the, you know, the the health factors, the societal factors, everything about it, the business, the economic, just everything about it really just puts it all up in the air. Like it's like October is the date to have. It, it's still a decent amount of time right. away. But just also the mood and the conversation has changed so much Mm -hmm. that it's just like you're right like you you can't even say the the whole attitude and looking at it is just completely different my my thing though is like 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 i said like as much as this time has you know it's like we always make the joke oh like 20 you know this week has felt like a year just because it seems like so much happens every single week Mm -hmm. but it is also something that at least for me it's just you kind of look up and there's like all this stuff happened in March and we're already almost in right in August. And it's like the year, it just continues the March on and it's just kind of incredible. And, and, bring- and, and, and in good and in good and bad ways too, because it's like, it's one of those things where when I look at it and there's been ups and downs without getting too much into it, but it's been one of those things where it's like, all right, it's been, you know, four months. Okay. Like, you know, there's a level of like, well, I, I got through that. Yeah. You know, right. And, yeah. and even I have to admit, I'm kind of, kind of, sloping into the point where it is kind of like all right i did i did the four months you know i again my life is fortunate so you know it's like okay like you know let's trudge along and you know we'll we'll see what happens but you're but you're right like it it is kind of like like gang like all i'm saying is that november was a long time away so you're like oh yeah they they can go there right and before you know it, it's going to be like September. Mm-hmm. And if the conversation, and again, I'm not even talking about politically, like anything like that. I'm just saying like, if just the atmosphere 
is the same as it is now. now yeah, those you questions. You got to start thinking it. Like, and and, and the, just to bring yeah, it back yeah. to the Comic Con points, like that's why you're probably not going to hear much movie news because there is still no definite of like when movies are coming out. Like all these movies got pushed back to, you know, 2021, right. pushed back a year. And it's like, there is like, again, a chance where it's like, you know, if, should, you, if you do like an eternal, like if you like, Oh, like we're going to show you some eternal stuff. Yeah. And it's supposed to come out in February, 2021. And then it just happens to be that those November movies get pushed back again to 2021. And then you're like, well, again, what we talked about Kong versus Godzilla all those times ago, it's like the benefit of just like they haven't started any marketing yet. So whenever the marketing starts, it's fresh. Yeah, The, the studio silence is deafening, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Like I wasn't expecting to get to the Comic-Con time. And really, honestly, at the end of the day, the studios have been pretty shy about, you know, you see the date reshuffling, but there's really no big... The, like, the loudest person about it, again, coming back to him, is Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. He's literally the only person who's like, my movie's coming out. Like, you know you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like yeah. it's like that. But if I could pivot this into, like, a, a good news thing. Um, and I was, I was talking about this off mic. It was that one of the, the cool things about it that, and I'll open up personally about this, that I, I was re- reticent of um, is the whole, um, you know, one of, like, the things that is – has been brought up that's kind of good about this is that the whole kind of like remote, like doing things remotely um, has opened up a whole venue for people who, for whatever reason, uh, whether it be like location was in the way, whether it be disability was in the way, it opens up a venue for all these people to do s- stuff like this. Yeah. Now when initially when I heard this, cause I'm an asshole, like I was, empathetic to that point but i'm kind of like a well you know there's certain aspects of that where i I don't want it to be the norm if i'm just going to be honest like you know in terms of like you know i don't want every single thing that i could do in person just to be perma replaced right with with that like i don't want comic-con to be perma replaced with zoom meetings right is what i'm trying to say yeah yeah. and i and i hope i don't come off as an asshole by by saying that Mm -hmm. um but what I what I do think is great for this whole like remote stuff is that it does give an opportunity for people like that and all these other venues. But it may set up uh, an because a, a lot of the reason is I don't think these establishments wanted to do any of this. I don't think they wanted to if go out had- of their way and did, they didn't want to disincentivize people for actually going to Comic Con, which I would argue would is actually doing the opposite. I think if you actually promote it and share it with the world as much as possible, it actually incentivizes people for wanting to go there. Right. I grew up watching Comic-Con Weekend on the G4 channel my entire life, and I've always wanted to go, and eventually I went. Exactly. So I, 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 so, But I do think in a very kind of schmaltzy way, this whole them going this route of doing Comic-Con online or Comic-Con at home and putting out a schedule as they would put out schedules in the past – I think it's pretty cool, and I, I, I think it, it – it, and I, I don't know how exactly it's going to work. I think a lot of these, like, Zoom, these channels will be, like, you can go back and watch right, the lot, thing, which I've, I'm kind of, like, excited to be, like, well, if I miss this panel, I'll just go back and watch this other panel. Yeah, I'm sure it'll I, – I, from what I understand, a lot of it is going to be more, like – it's like premiering at this time yeah. where it's like, you know, they've probably pre-recorded the panel. They're probably, or, or some ways, or they might do it mm, live. Okay. It depends on the type of panel. Yeah. Like, like, you know, I think there, there could be still opportunity for doing like questions and stuff through panels, mm-hmm. like through Twitter comments. But I know for, I, I just know this, for example, that the, uh, the, um, Mattel, Mattel always does like a big WWE 
figure reveal mm-hmm. for Comic-Con. And I know theirs is going to be like, we've pre-recorded it and it'll premiere at this time. Yeah. Like all the news will premiere about all our new like figures for 2020 and 2021. Um, but I, I'm sure it'll be kind of be a mix and match of some stuff, but well, yeah, but I think like a lot of the stuff is planned to be, yes, you can go back and see it, you know, at, well, bottom point. line, what I mean is like it, the accessibility of all these panels and this community, I think is a net positive and one that I actually hope becomes a mainstay going forward. Like, I think, like, why not just build it into the convention that all these panels, you do set it up that it can either stream or that you can put it in a database, like, going in the in the future. Mm-hmm. Th- does that make sense, what I'm trying to say? Yes. Yeah. No, no, I definitely agree. And I, I, I definitely think that there is room for an expansion of what is seen at home mm-hmm. um, from Comic-Con. And I, I, I definitely agree that I think that, yes, I get it that there's a lot of the, you know, the fear that like, if you show too much, then people are just going to see it at home. I don't buy, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't buy I, that argument. I, but I, I don't, I don't buy that. Um, and I've never bought it. Cause I'm, I'm the same way as you that if I see, like I've always wanted to go to Comic-Con cause I would see, you know, a YouTube panel of, of a, of a mm-hmm. panel I wanted to go to, or just like some of the cool stuff and people walking around the floor. But I also think that I think I've even softened my opinion on hall H about that too. Like I 100% get it. I, I get it that it's like, it's shown for us. Uh, uh, hello. Uh, I'm still there. Uh, I get that it's shown for like a specific crowd who's been waiting there. So yeah. you want a little special thing for them. My opinion on that is kind of, I mean, we're talking about superhero movies. Come on. Just my also <laughs> thing, my, my thing, my thing about that though too is I, I think like it, that's also just changed from when like 2008, 2009, right, like when right. Hall H was first starting to get like the Hall H experience was starting to get big. I kind of get it, but in this age of now, we're at a point where it's like again, like last year for D23 was my first year not going to the big studio panel. And the reason was, was essentially because I knew that I could just read the live updates of what was happening. Right, and right. it's like, and it's also become a thing where it's like, I used to get so excited about seeing all oh, the first footage from Captain America Winter Soldier. And then I basically was like, I got to a point where it was like, for me personally, it was like, well, I'm going to see that anyway, or that'll be in the trailer. Right, right. No, and I, I, I get and it. I, but I also think that it, at, we're at a point now where if you really, like, you might not be able to see the footage but you're going to get the very, very, very detailed descriptions right. from like IGN or Slash Film or whatever it was. So at this point, like, I feel like just opening that up and doing more with that is is gonna would be interesting. Yeah. And I, and I and I know that there are some of these panels actually do the um, they do the thing where it's uh, you know, you probably can get a video of it. Like somebody did do a video of it. I'm just thinking maybe this new like all right comic-con online maybe they'll put a concerted effort into actually like having videographers there and then posting yeah. like all that i think i think it could i'm be sure cool. a lot of it will be dependent on how things go this yeah. year and mm-hmm. just if there are any you know because it's always like the thing of technical issues and, and stuff at home and stuff like it, that it's also weird thinking about comic-con because to bring it back to the subject matter is that it is kind of funny that last year was a huge year because of Godzilla and then Toho being there and everything. And it, and it dawned on me because you have that exclusive with like the lanyard and everything. And that was actually another little bit of a hit where I'm like, Oh man, like, you know, we were getting somewhere with like Toho, like would we have gotten another Toho booth and what would have been there? And like, were there like, so that, that kind of dawned on me a, a little bit too. Right. Because again, it's like the other thing is like they, in a, in a normal, I guess like in a planning normal year, you could have um, 
you know, plotted the fact that like you were originally going to have Kong versus Godzilla uh, uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could have, you know, Toho could have done their stuff at their booth and, and gotten through, uh, you know, promoting with uh, the new Kong versus Godzilla movie that that could have been a thing mm-hmm. and that could have been a plan. And we just don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a lot of Comic-Con talk, but I think it was pretty good. I mean, it'll make up for any other Comic-Con talk we would have had if we, <laughs> yeah. if we actually went, but you know, I mean, I think, I, I think that was, that was, um, that was fun to go through. Yeah. Well, at least um, you have stuff to talk about in terms of your, you know, Bond, Godzilla, you know, Bond is still, Oh yeah, yeah. At least Godzilla would have like had some costumes they did, there. They did put some new villain-based shirts on the shop. That was pretty fun. There's there's the Zorin one. There's a Zorin. That made me laugh. There's a Zorin. There's a Drax. Because they've had the San Monique, the one from Limitless Die, for like a while. But I think they've introduced like a couple of new ones. And I think it was also there was one other one. I think it was. Oh, I think it's like um, Blofeld's fake company from uh, You Only Live Twice was also on there. So. I was thinking about getting the the Drax Industries one actually. I feel like I should. I like own the Zorin one. I feel yeah. like I should own a Bond shirt. I just don't want to learn anything from View to a Kill. <laughs> understood, understood. All right, let's just uh, introduce this movie real quick because that's really all we have to really do before we actually talk about the actual movie itself. Um, so a little bit of a lighter affair uh, this week to bring bring up spirits. Um, and uh, today we are talking about the first film in the Rebirth of Mothra trilogy uh, with the film Rebirth of Mothra, released in uh, 1996, uh, directed by uh, Okuhiro uh, Yoneda. Um, actually, it's funny, in Japan, it was just called Mothra. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so uh, to kind of get into this and just introduce this movie... A little bit of just kind of a um, uh, primer on Mothra and just kind of where it was at in during this time period. Um, obviously, uh, let's we're heading into the Heisei era with the with the Godzilla films. Um, it was very clear that uh, Mothra was uh, a fan favorite kaiju, uh, specifically with the uh, female uh, and thus family crowd. Um, and, um, there was always, um, uh, attempts to try to do something with the Mothra character outside of Godzilla. Um, there was, uh, talk of, um, gods of Mothra fighting a creature known as Bagan, which was a, a shape-shifting type of character. Um, and, um, it was ultimately, it was ultimately scrapped and, you know, they moved forward with the Godzilla franchise at that time. It would have been Godzilla versus Biolanti. Um, which is interesting to think about because this is the very formative years of the Hasey series. Right, so they, you can kind of, even with that piece of behind-the-scenes information, you can kind of tell. And in combination with the Godzilla films at the time, you can kind of see that Toho was trying to figure out what they wanted to do in this late 80s, early 90s period. And it would have been interesting just because you also would have had it kind of match up with that original kind of Showa era where, yeah, you do establish the new Godzilla movie, but then... You know, it's like then you have a Mothra and then another Godzilla movie and then, you know, Mothra crosses over with Godzilla. Like it definitely could have been a different sort of uh, beginning of that period in Mm -hmm. terms of like how the Hasey era would have gone. 
uh, in terms of kind of even yeah, matching up with the original show era and then like leading into the different movies. And you could have gotten, you know, a Rodan movie or, right. you know, you know, God bless us all with Jet Shagwire. Yeah. <laughs> um. What, and then one of the other things um, was that even after that, they were always trying to do something with Mothra. Now, eventually, um, they were able to use her in full glory with um, the eventual release of the 92 um, Godzilla versus Mothra. Still uh, one of the that, best. Yeah, one of, one, of the, one of the best films born out of uh, Toho trying to find some success with the Hasey films, um, having uh, some success, everything good? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um having having a bigger success than the previous two films with Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, so they're like, okay, we're going to go back to classic uh uh kaiju uh villains. Um so they brought on um Mothra. Um and uh that movie was a bit big success. And um and we had even talked about that Mothra remained in the conversation about exactly what they wanted to do with the with with the character. Um, so clearly, uh, our uh, giant uh, moth friend was on their minds um, to the point where one of the ideas going forward was a Mecha Mothra uh, for I forget if it was either for the Mecha Godzilla film or for the Space Godzilla film, but that idea was thrown around about about um, uh, doing a Mecha Mothra. Um, so yeah. they weren't quite re- uh, ready to like let go of uh, of of that creature, and they were <laughs> planning well, I mean, on using her in whatever way they they she, thought. She, I mean, it, it isn't you know it it has to be stated like she's always been a super popular creature, especially with you know we've talked about that that she has been traditionally um, well regarded among female audiences, but generally speaking, like she, we've talked about again, the Mount Rushmore, she is the second to Godzilla. There is really no other competition to that, and it makes sense that they want to integrate Mothra uh, as much as possible. Especially again, considering the fact that uh, the Godzilla versus Mothra film uh, from '92 was a very successful motion picture. Mm-hmm. And um, so, kind of with all that in mind, uh, we kind of head to the end of the Heisei series, um, where Godzilla is coming to a um, Probably to a temporary end uh, with uh, Godzilla versus Destroy in 95. And uh, now we start a, a period in the Heisei series that is very um, interesting for the kaiju um, genre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now we're heading into a period where Godzilla has come to a close. And, and we'll soon be decibated by American directors. Yes. <laughs> But Moth- uh, Mothra is safe from that. Mothra- yeah. Mod- Mothra- Roland-, Roland Emmerich does not want to touch Mothra. <laughs> Oh my god. Um yeah, imagine like the giant like Mothra would probably be some weird beetle in the in the in the in the, in the, in the yeah. Roland Emmerich way. Um no magic whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um comes from Egypt. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't fly. Where's a <laughs> What was it? Doesn't fly. Doesn't doesn't have any of the colors. Fights a giant spider in the third act. Yeah. Fights a giant kumonga in the third act. No silly string for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's not going to happen. I don't know. He may he may double down on that and actually make it like acid string that like just melts people. I don't know. He's not that. He's not that gross. No, he's not, he, he's, yeah, yeah. He, he's not there. But we so we do get into this period where there's a Godzilla vacuum and uh arguably leads ways into uh other creators. I mean obviously we're still dealing with Toho with Mothra, but other creators 
uh, picking up more interesting ground um, for many of the kaiju fandom. Uh, specifically, I'm referring to the Gamera trilogy. Right. Uh, the Gamera trilogy is right off the right off the tail of Godzilla on this one. 95 ends, and then uh, uh, Gamera Guardian of the Universe comes out and proceeds to do a trilogy of those of that type of film. And on Toho's end, they decide to admirably go in a different direction as well. Um, so it really isn't too much to the um, to the origins of this, other than there was always an there was always an attempt to bring put Mothra on the big screen. Do a solo Mothra movie. Yeah. Um. What one of the earlier things that I did forget to mention is that there was some concern that. One of the many reasons probably that the solo Mothra movie didn't get off the ground nearly as quickly was because of what is like the international appeal uh, uh, to it. You know, we're heading into the late, uh, the really at this point, like the mid-90s where, you know, Toho is in active conversations with the America doing a Godzilla film. Right. Like so we've, we've the, established at this point that... You know, we we went from '84, which was again this big push of like we're gonna be back in American theaters and this big return to immediately the next film is being direct to video releases. So again, just even the concept of Godzilla, which is the real true name brand in America, uh, being the one you know that never really got off the ground in that sense. There is like kind of this American Godzilla movie being discussed, but again, it's very much like the basis of it is we're going to use the name brand of Godzilla. Sure. And there's really no, even in, you know, the, the Jan de Bont version and all that sort of stuff, there's no real interest or even push to try to use any other monsters. It really is like, we're just going to bring Godzilla over uh, for a multitude of reasons, obviously. Again, well, with, I, I with, think with, that... with Toho, how they loan things out and what, what American filmmakers and even those familiar with Godzilla would want to focus on. There just seems to be like, you know, it's just that Godzilla is the focus and has been the focus, especially considering that it's really just been Godzilla getting his own movies since that early show era. Yeah, like in that early show era, we've just we've discussed Mothra and 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 Rodan, and someday War of the Gargantuans will happen as well on this podcast. I'm sure of it. Uh, but you know, and then but after that kind of Ghidorah era, you know, yeah, we we've talked about like maybe a splattering of a few Ishiro Honda movies here and there, but it's really just been a while since any other monster outside of Godzilla has gotten a chance to do their own thing. Right. Well, I, I think for me, it's just, we had talked about the Heisei uh, era being the era of Godzilla where Toho, it, it's truly dawning on Toho the cultural impact of Godzilla, that this is a name that resonates in cinema uh, at large um, you know I think that really they notice that by the time you get to destroy but the fact that they are looking at these monsters as one of the things you have to think about is like what is the international uh, appeal of it of this um, I, I mean like and it's not they're not wrong for thinking that I mean I think one of the alternate titles for Godzilla versus Mothra was Godzilla versus the thing so like even like the name Mothra doesn't really right carry the weight Which, it does in the again, States. again, resonates back to the original Mothra mm -hmm. and those, those original movies that always did kind of you yeah. know, transfer the names. And like. also, I think that they do realize that their natively made films, even if it's a Godzilla film, doesn't quite have the marquee value. Uh, like, Godzilla barely skimps by. 
but even then it still hasn't been great like you know we're seeing zero success or not a lot of success for you know the first of the hasty films and then byland he goes straight to dvd so at this point like well why v- video sorry v- video yeah it wasn't dvd back then um, laser disc yeah um <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so like at that point, like why would you like? It's like uh, well, Mothra has no chance of, of getting there. But right. but yeah, but now they're done with the with the Godzilla franchise, so now they are uh, doing this Mothra um, franchise, um, and uh, you know it brings on first time director uh, Yokohiro Yoneda, um, whose um, previous um, uh, credits are as an assistant director on um, Ghidorah, Godzilla versus Ghidorah. So that's really their um, uh, their connection w- with the franchise. Um, and, and then that's pretty much it. And I think that going forward into the film, the tone and where they go with the film is very clear, given where Mothra sits in the in the um in the culture it being a female favorite fa- and, and thus family friendly um yes. um creature mm-hmm. um so that kind of opens up like the doorway into um into where they go with this film obviously Toho other than those Godzilla hazy films not that precious about you know interconnectivity you know, so as far as they're concerned, they're making a uh, like a spiritual successor to the Godzilla films where it's like, you know, it's taking all the stuff, you know, about Mothra, but doing its own thing within those parameters. So, you know, don't expect like, oh, this takes place in the same world as as those Godzilla films. It, it, and I, I will admit, like, that is one thing this modern era of franchise world building filmmaking has done to me is that. I do kind of go back and, you know, it's not a bad thing, but you almost like feel like, uh, like, is there a piece of this puzzle missing where they're not like connecting the, you know what I mean? Like right. it, it seems, I shouldn't say it's bad. It just seems strange going back and looking at it. Your default is like, oh, this takes place in the same world. So there'll be a line somewhere in the, in the movie. Right. You know, there's kind of like, no, not even like a middle ground, like the later two, like original series, Batman movies where mm. it's like, you know, the Val Kilmer and the George Clooney Batmans, where it's like it is kind of somewhat the bat, you know, the the Tim Burton Batman. But right. So right. it's like our own thing too. Mm-hmm. It's not even you don't even have that. That's actually a really good, um, a really good example of of that because even the connections. Because I think like even at the time they were like, oh no, it is still kind of like the same series, but the connections that they did kind of just seemed like wink, wink jokes. Yes. Like so, it, that that is actually a good like a tonal, complete tonal, same world, not same world shift. Yeah. Um. So 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 that's pretty cool. All right. So let's just get into the movie. Um. So here we are. We are going to talk about the rebirth of Mothra. So- And we're back. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So going into this, this was fun because I I 
did not I have not seen this at, at all. I obviously I, me neither. I, I had seen none of the movies. Um, it has been uh, on the shelf uh, with the other two entries in the in the uh, in the series on next to all the other kaiju films that I own. And I thought this would be uh, a, a nice uh, change of pace, and and it is and it is interesting because, you know, I, I think we have just talked about like how much Mothra is just one of the greats in the in, in kaiju, if not Godzilla uh, canon, then all of kaiju canon, I, I, I would say. So it, it is interesting how simultaneously it's impressive, but also kind of. Um, thankless that there is a trilogy uh of it mm-hmm. you know you, you know what i mean yeah. uh and, and and it is kind of interesting when you watch this film the type of feeling that at least i got from the film so i'll start with kind of like where where it's a charming little movie is what i is what i would say it's a charmer excels very well in certain areas that I that I will get to in a way that I think is interesting given where they're at um uh post uh Godzilla Hasey series um but it is interesting that it, it does have that tone of it, like without really this is going to sound harsh but it kind of has that TV special type tone to it yeah um and not only like tone it's just like kind of like how it how it feels like it it feels very solid enough but also kind of like it's interesting comparing this to the hasty godzilla films yeah because there's nothing necessarily wrong about where it goes and i think that it speaks to how they feel about Mothra as a as as a uh, as a character and where it could go as a franchise. And there's a part of me where I think, like, you know, it's kind of cool that they go this direction after that after the Godzilla films, and they can differentiate them. This is their way of doing something different after them. Yeah. But it it doesn't quite have the same impact or dare I say gravitas that the Hasty Godzilla films. Mm-hmm. aim for like when you think of well yeah even like i know like the easy go-to is godzilla versus mothra but when you even think of destroya where mm-hmm. like where we the th- this which came out a year prior yeah like it does feel like this is kind of it, it feels like toho's just like do a cute movie mm-hmm. just do a little cute movie yeah it, it's kind of how i felt watching this yeah um I felt that it was it was very interesting to watch this because yeah, the Hasty era. I was gonna say that the Hasty era really doesn't have a film of this variety because it's very much like a a family friendly like children's movie. I feel like uh, that's that's the way that you know it's set up. And, and I should say I like that about it. Yeah, I did I like think that. It's, no, I think it's a great concept because it's something that we really haven't seen since the Showa era. Like you. Really, like, since, like, maybe Son of Godzilla or All Monsters Attack, you could make the argument that, like, something like a Jet Jaguar is also in that kind of family a- aspect, just the way, you know, of, like, oh, like the right. Jet Jaguar right, right. thing about it. But it's like, like, the Hey Sierra has, like, none of that stuff. So it was really interesting, and I think it's a movie, Rebirth of Mothra, is a movie that I think, honestly, it's something that grabbed me early on with some really cool concepts and the tone and everything like that. 
And then it was just, it felt like a movie. It, to me, the TV special thing rang true to me because it felt like a movie on a budget. It felt like a movie where, mm. like, it just, like, they couldn't get, you know, all the the the, uh, the big effects or maybe they could they had to, like, excise some scenes or something like that or effects. Because it just felt like, as the movie went on, you just felt like there, again, there were pieces missing or, or little things of just, like, maybe something comes too late in the movie or some explanation comes mm. too late. It, it felt like... It also was interesting because it felt simultaneously like a movie that was set up to be its own thing, but also felt like they were building towards other movies. Because again, I just felt like they set up this world specifically for the movie, especially considering our our fairy characters and and how they're presented. And then it just feels like the explanation for them like never comes mm. or, or like barely comes at the end of the movie. And I felt like there was a lot of that sort of stuff throughout the film where it's like they're setting up kind of this, this charming family world and, and kind of a larger world of Mothra. But it just feels like it's everything that they're presenting is still on a superficial level in terms of making that world feel more whole. And that's kind of where I kind of lost uh, the movie a little bit. Um but like it definitely had this kind of tone and, and scenes that definitely felt like coming out of like again like a children's movie like in a sense like almost kind of like something like an et in some ways or mm-hmm. uh, i kind of was like it not necessarily the tone of those movies but you definitely get the concepts of the, there are similar kind of almost concepts to stuff like like gremlins and small soldiers and like even right, child's right. play where it's like again they kind of had the tiny thing that's like wrecking havoc and then like you know everybody's like oh my god what's going on right and like that stuff like that scene in the house you know we'll talk about in a moment but that's kind of like oh this like i was like okay this could be the fun of the movie and then it kind of partially also transitioned to a more traditional kaiju movie and i think kind of lost some of that charm as well i i will say this honestly could be me looking at it as a kaiju fan of the uh, in modern day overthinking a movie that they made at the time mm-hmm. and in this way when i when they probably made it they probably made it like all right mothra's been in a lot of movies make a film for kids so in that way it's perfectly acceptable that you don't have to explain every single detail like people get Mothra's the big moth and through context you understand the fairies are an ancient like it, it, it's not rocket science to figure out and I don't want to de- demonize the fact that they kind of streamlined it in that way. I mean it, it's not that in, in and of itself is not really an issue. So that's why as a fan looking back on it the disconnect for me is 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 pretty much this. You kind of go into the movie and just mentally you do the gymnastics of, okay, like, I know the Mothra lore, and I know that this movie is just kind of like a, like a, a version of that. Right. So yeah. I can connect the dots myself and not have to worry about that too much. Like, all right, the actual lore we're going to change, but you know that Mothra is an ancient protector of Earth. So that, the specifics are changed, but you know that. So you don't have to connect too many dots. Um, You know that there's two fairies. Like, you meaning people who watch this, but you especially, Nick, you know that there are the two fairies, which in in this film, I don't know if they um, 
say in this film, but in this one they're they're called the Elias, which I, I don't remember if they um, don't. don't uh, I think they might mention that once mm-hmm. in the context of them kind of explaining their backstory. Yeah, they might have mentioned it once. So they they so they show the the twins. This time they are portrayed with like individual personalities, which I, I think is probably beneficial to if you're going to do a right. A it's movie like they like they this. still have like a connection and they'll still like sing at the same time and they will be certain things that they say yeah. or, or the, the most that they'll do is like they'll say the same thing one after the other right um but like can, one is kind of like the kind one and one is the serious get down to business one right. and um well, the, so but, that but so but there's but, that so what i was going to say is like so there's all these things where like you and i like Oh, okay. We understand this is a little d- bit different, but we can kind of jump into it because we kind of already right. it, know it, it. It's honestly no different than any other movie that features Mothra, where all of them kind of do a, something a little bit right. different in some form or fashion. Like the most that have connection is like Mothra, but even like Mo- the original Mothra into like Godzilla versus Mothra into Ghidorah. Like that's the one that they have the most connection to, but even between films, they might do something different. But like we've already seen, like from our perspective, we've already seen Mothra done different in you know Godzilla versus Mothra. We've seen Mothra done different in Final Wars. We've mm-hmm. seen Mothra done different in King of the Monsters. Like we've seen the version of Mothra done multiple times, and even even in um you know even to an extent in Ibera, you know again there's like slight differences between them right. all. Um, but what, so what that's would, like not a big thing. What I would say is, so the benefit of that is that you kind of, the result is, is that it's a really quick, solid enough, cute, fun, in and out movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like get in, get out, make the movie, like play the emotional beats here, play, play the cool part here. And it's Mothra. So you like it. And, 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 and in many ways it works in that way. The, the opposite side of that is that, and again, this is me talking as the modern Godzilla fan. This is Mothra, though. And I feel when you compare this to a movie like Gamera, which reintroduced that character, like for the modern age, and did a very proper, like, yes, like if you go into it, you probably know that Gamera is the giant turtle. It's like if you're going to redo any of this, you kind of do the obligatory legwork of reintroducing the character. Yeah. And therefore, you kind of build up this new version of this creature or whatever um, titular character you're using. Friend of all kids. Yeah. You're basically building up this new version of this character that you can, at the end of the day, say, this is, like, Gamera's big new movie. And this kind of feels like Mothra's nice little movie, if that makes sense. <laughs> I, that's kind, of, And I felt like... In in retrospect, hindsight is um, you know a, a pain in the ass, but you almost do kind of like look back on it and, and and feel like. And again, maybe I'm giving I'm being too harsh on it, but I'm thinking like there's something about it that's missing, and I wonder if that is because Mothra is such a big important kaiju that maybe she deserved a more weightier, meatier movie. Yeah, and and what I would say to that too is. Just the concept of like, yes, there's all this familiarity with the concept of what Mothra is, hmm. and and like again, the the fairies who again are the Elias in this movie, all that sort of, all that sort of fun stuff is like all that's very familiar to us. But then you know, 
you introduce a concept of like, okay, there's an evil version of the fairy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's an evil, and you kind of gather it's like a sister. Or See, like a I, I that I'll let you finish, but I didn't have a problem with things like that. But no, I'll, I'll let you finish. But what your I'm point. saying yeah. is like that because I don't necessarily have a problem with it because it's like a really cool concept. And I'm like immediately when that was happening early on in the movie, I'm like, oh, this this is like a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. And it just again, it's just become something that's. I feel like you're kind of coasting on the moth through a thing mm-hmm. to the stuff where the new stuff you're introducing that's making it interesting kind of goes relatively unexplored in in a deeper fashion outside of again it's like kind of more the more kids film like okay we're just gonna do the evil Mothra twin triplet or whatever it may be mm-hmm. like and I feel like there's just moments of like you could mine from that that just feels like it's missing. Um, I'm just looking up. Do Do you remember the name of the evil twin? I'm I'm pulling it up right now. Starts with the Bavara. I want to I, I want to say like I, I want to say it may have been. Um, but um, it's interesting that you mentioned that character because even how that character is used, it made me think of the movie as kind of like an episode of a Mothra kids series well, cause she, ver- versus like a big coming out party for a Mothra standalone movie. Right. Yeah, because I, even when you think of this character who is this evil twin, Bel- Belvera, Belvera yeah. Um, yeah. who is the, the e- is yes, evil fairy twin who, triplet, I guess, yeah, right. triplet. And uh, she, um, she rides our fairy characters in, in this one, uh, fly a mini a cute little mini moth um which was known as fairy no as known as fairy and it's a little tiny mini mothra it's very adorable it's cute the puppet on it uh is very is works very well uh it was an idea played a little bit around within um godzilla versus space godzilla where the um cosmos come down on like a astral projected form of mothra so they kind of play with it in that and they fully realize it in, in this version and um you know, uh, Bavara uh, flies around on a tiny little dragon. I believe his name is Dagara, um, who we find out later on is a robot, which is a very strange twist. Um, so that character, like, she's the she is like your standard like kind of creating chaos villain, and she awakens the big monster. And there's really other than like a piece of exposition at the end of the movie, which I kind of appreciated. But her role in the movie is just kind of like unleashes the monster and be like, ha ha, look at all the damage. And, it, and in that very... way, it felt like, oh, she's like the Rita Repulsa. That's what I was about to uh, say. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a very Rita Repulsa element to her. And I, I like, I'm. The she was great, though, in the movie, though. She was, I, I did she was like her. She definitely fun to watch. Yeah, I liked her. But it, I, I very much agree that I feel like it just feels like, like the explanation of, like, because. You kind of gather kind of what she is, but there's really no true explanation of who she is mm-hmm. until like at the very end of the movie, like after the villains have been like you know defeated and cast mm-hmm. out essentially. So there's no real like investment in in that element of it. But it, again, it just feels like it's another it's an element of the movie where like again when it first appeared, I'm like, oh, this is like a cool concept. And then like the scene in the house where it's like, you know, the the Elias and the and fairy versus you know, this, this like evil version of themselves, essentially. It was mm. like really great in concept. And I thought like, Oh, this again is like something really cool and unique. And mm-hmm. then, and then again, just, at a point, she just kind of disappears into, I summon this monster. And right. then, and, and she it, and she flies around laughing at all of its antics. And, right. and it's just like, you just feel like, again, it's just that 
the, anything that could have been like really cool about it is just kind of left and you just have that right now. and right. it just feels like incomplete and it just it feels like there should be more there and it feels like again like it kind of is kind of feeling like they're kind of saving it for again almost like future episodes of the series or you know the more you say like a tv show it Mm. kind of definitely feels in that regard in terms of how it sets up its elements right um and it ultimately like this movie ultimately in that way also sets up who the hero of the franchise is going to be with this you know with Spoilers, a, a new Mothra, uh, which is known as Mothra Leo uh, in the thing. So ultimately kind of like getting down to the plot real quick. The plot is like the bare bones of it. The it's meddling a, of man a, leads a, to a series of uh, a, a chain reaction. It's Rodan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really is. It's it, the beginning of Rodan mm. where they're mining into, you know, their deforestation. They're mm-hmm. mining. And it's bad because a tank runs over a a nest of eggs at one point, so you really know that it's some bad work. And then they basically like disrupt like uh, you know the monsters of the of the mountain or whatever it is, and they find like this kind of ancient seal. Mm -hmm. And you know they the 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 dad character of the movie, like the leader of this expedition, like you know takes away the seal, and basically it's it's yeah it's just Rodan. It's just like the meddling of man introduces monsters to the world yeah. except without the unnecessary nuclear connection the, the the context of this one is that um there was an ancient civilization which the fairies were a part of and uh there were a bunch of mothras that guarded the earth and a creature known as desigadora or descadora um which is interesting we'll get to um uh came uh came from the came from the stars and threatened earth and it was like an all out war with all the mothras and this desigadora and uh eventually they were able to beat um them at the cost of most of these mothras and most of these this race of Eliases uh by trapping it um in the seal and uh through the meddling of man and the uh wickedry of uh the wickedly talented Bill Vera. <laughs> um, I haven't heard a reference to that in a long time. <laughs> that's that's been a while. Uh, but uh, but through her, they it causes a chain reaction where Bill Vera wants to unleash uh, Descadora upon the world once again, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and then it it, it causes um, a very a freshly weakened, almost last of her kind Mothra who just had given birth to a new egg. Uh, to uh, take it down, and you know that's kind of where we're at uh, with with the movie um, itself. the The plot of the movie kind of begins humbly and goes into the monster or the monster mash that we're we're comfortable and known for. It was very interesting that the first half of this movie reminded me of like that era of like Disney family friendly things like flying around like the the house like well, like type cause, deal because the whole big thing is like he takes the seal mm-hmm. right and he's basically like because the whole thing is like the dad's never home you know and the other mom's like oh like you're not gonna make it home for dinner it's like this whole thing came up so he comes home really late uh and apparently he has to fly mm-hmm. home which is yeah, it just doesn't really get established until much later in the movie uh, but he's basically like, oh, the kids are asleep. Well, I'm going to give my daughter, like, the necklace of the seal. It's also interesting that that's, like, a slight element also in Gamera as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, the whole, like, oh, ancient little thing. Give it, mm-hmm. give it as a present. I so, basically, like, he gives the daughter the seal as a necklace. And then um, 
our evil our evil Elias mm-hmm. character, uh, Bavara, uh, flies into the home at night, and the little girl wakes up, and then the next morning you basically find out that she's been possessed, and right. she's beating up her brother like with like psychic powers now. Right, and and this whole part of the movie and then eventually our good uh, Elias twins uh, the, the fairies that we would kind of be more familiar with come in on fairy and aid the little boy into kind of this whimsical right. uh, battle against right, uh, Belvera. The, the, the kid basically is like the only one who realizes that like something's wrong with the sister the mm-hmm. sister like you know hasn't goes to go to school yet so she stays home meanwhile the kid you know, eventually, like, confronts Belvara, like, and then, like, has, Belvara has the dog chase him up a tree, mm-hmm. and then, basically, you find out that the mother, like, you know, and then it gets into the house, and, like, the mother's been tied up, and, and all this sort of weird stuff is happening, and then they get yeah, the fairies, the, 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 are good to Elias twins. Yeah. Uh, come it- in, and there's, there, yes. Again, like I said, like, very much like something you'd see, like, like, again, like, a whimsical Disney tone, mis- like, mixed with a scene that you would see in, like, any small creatures yeah like in a big oh, world it, it, and, it, and, it, and it's played for kids so much like you know uh belvara is like you know she's shooting energy blasts but the kid like blocks it with his shoe mm-hmm. and like he's chasing her down with like a big giant like like of like bu- butterfly net and and i have to admit it, it was very much a charming change of pace from Anything we were getting from kaiju movies of this era, even like going into Gamera, no, like, you never would get a, get a scene like this. It was this. super cool to see, like, kind of again a very distinctly like kind of family friendly version of yeah. that. Which again, it's and committed to that. That scene that, went on longer than I thought it was going to. Maybe a little too long. Okay, yeah, uh, I wouldn't argue in that. Um, but it was just funny, like especially because it's like you know some of the, it's one of those things where they 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 try their best. With some of like the green screen and effects and stuff like that. I think it was more for me. It's like at a certain point, you're you you do kind of get that like uh, okay, like you kind of lose track. Like wait, why are why are these these guys fighting? Like yeah. doesn't she already have like the seal? And, right, like, like they're <laughs> trying to get it back, but it's like right. she's it's like she can't help herself, but like fight right. them. Which again, I feel like, I feel like there's stuff that those elements like you could have weaved in into kind of. If you had weaved in a little bit more of their personal history together, mm-hmm. I think that kind of would have been a little bit more interesting and fun. But it's just they again they save the personal I, history I, to the very end of the movie, and I just feel like again you could have just weaved but, in a but, little bit more of that. But that was a that was like probably the movie's worst kept secret was that they were yeah. sisters. Right. But they reveal it at the end, and I thought like, didn't we know that already? Right. They reveal it at the end, but there's even there's really no there's no real explanation of why she's gone evil there's like kind of a hint at the end as well where it's like don't trust humanity so like again there feels like there's elements that even at the end that they're teasing that i'm like that would have been interesting to actually explore in this movie of just like there's when she's doing the chaos stuff and she's awake like there's no real she never really gives like a reason or there's no real explanation given of like why she wants to basically destroy the earth um i We'll get to that point. I, I actually think they covered that pretty well, but I, I won't. I won't argue. Uh, I, I just the, don't the think they do it well enough to me. Oh, I don't think effectively for the movie. I, I thought, but they added, and it was a nice little nugget at at, at the end. Well, uh, what, you guys what, like don't trust humanity, right? But I just again, it's uh, just, I mean, if you want to hop into it right well, now, I mean, that's the thing. Like that's all she says, and I'm someone who's like, that's fine to say, but I'm also someone who's like. It was just too little, too late for my. Oh, taste. I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't it argue was just too little, with that. Too late yeah, for, for my taste, because I feel like again, if you just had weaved an elements of that throughout the movie, I just feel like it would have just felt more together. I think it would have been better if at least you had spent more villainous time with her, 
Like, because I do kind of like that dynamic of the whole movie. You think that she is just kind of like a, like a, like an evil trickster, and then you do have a line at the end where you hint at that she has more emotional investment in into it. Yeah. Um. So I think for me, it's just you're missing even the investment of getting invested into her as like a whimsical villain. Like right, she's yeah. just kind of flying around. Like you're right because I think if you stuck with all the things that she was doing in the in the first act of the film, which is very evil and charming. Like you, you you kind of get the character through all the stuff that she's doing. That she likes playing these little evil games, but she also likes being a trickster and all that stuff. Kind of like kind of works. Um, but then you're right. But then throughout most of the movie, it just kind of cuts to her and being like, "Oh, drats!" Like right. th- that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think it also has to do with the pacing and mm-hmm. and this type of movie because the very beginning is all very much in that kind of children's whimsical movie and and like kind of again just again again it was just a, the small soldier and gremlins elements where it's like these tiny creatures causing havoc in like a bigger world mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff so that's very present in like the first third to first half of the movie right and then it just basically transitions into being like a normal kaiju movie right right and i think that's where kind of that disconnect happens where i feel like if you had a little bit more of kind of the misadventures of these small creatures in the big world and like right, trying right. to fight like to get like the final thing to like awaken this monster and like maybe she takes control of more people to like aid her 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 elements right. and stuff like that. I feel like that could have been better paced where it's just like once you get to this point where it just becomes like a regular old like big kaiju fight with big explosions and like humans trying to escape type of thing, it just kind of loses the specific charm of that first half mm-hmm. and then it just doesn't really do much unique to kind of make that part stand out on its own yeah also it does have a couple highlights to be certain uh, but like it doesn't have at least if you had that element running through even if it's not totally executed in the right way at least you could basically have the charm of it being like it's trying to be this kind of whimsical kids film Mm -hmm. it's just kind of there's a disconnect between the two halves also one of the tough parts about it is like there is a definitive part where the two like plot lines of the movie diverge Mm mm-hmm for I'm not really sure what reason like there's literally a point where a lot of the movie has happened and then the Mothra the Moth, Mothra and the fairies are like okay human storyline we're gonna kind of go do our thing now mm-hmm. and then that's kind of you, you you know what I mean like it, it kind of and it was a point in the movie where I was like is this where the movie's gonna end because it was like you know there's the big like you know uh, the Mothra larva is left and they're kind of like all right well this Mothra's got to go train to become a Mothra and I thought like is this the end of the movie and then we're gonna go into part two I'm like that's interesting but then it, you're, there is more movie left after well, that we'll but just I, get into like that because it really like you have that whole house scene mm-hmm. and then there's a discussion of just like the, what the seal means and then the realization from like because it's the mom. And then the two kids. Can I tell you what the best human part of the movie was that I wish was in this movie more that gave me hope that like, oh, this is going to be awesome was that they kind of the kids, you know, they rescue the mom. They they bring her into it and now they have to go fly to to get to the dad before he creates more chaos and releases Descadora. And then there's this scene like when they're on the plane. Yes, I was about to get to this. And the mom has now become part of like the cast of characters 
and they're doing this thing where they've dressed the Elias up as um as dolls, and there's like like staying and, and, like, and, the, and, the, and the fairy like is like treated like a toy as well. Like the the fairy, the mini Mothra is treated like a like the boys' toy. As right, well. and, and then and and just like the tone, the di- the character dynamic that the mom is kind of like now into this. Like, what have I gotten myself into? Right, like, I thought like that exactly- was the most charm and promise that the sh- that the that the film showed on a on a human storyline exactly and it, and it does again get into that kind of again that kind of tiny creatures in a big world plot line like you could imagine like you know like in like a gremlins 2 where it's like they have to take the gremlin on the plane and like that like hide it right exactly know? that's and, good that's a good uh, but I, I, I go back to that but again it's like even if gremlins has that kind of horror comedy tone it doesn't necessarily have that but those movies like the small soldiers and gremlins and stuff like that, they all have that element of just like, all right, well, how do these smaller creatures cause havoc and how do we hide them in this bigger world? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you had more of that as they like trekked across to try to get to this guy and there was more, and again, like you had Bavala, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, getting their way a little bit more and stuff like that. Again, there's that charm of the children's element of it that would have like really helped the movie along because after you get to that plane scene, you essentially cut back to the 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 like construction site and mm-hmm. there's like the whole thing with the like the reporter trying to like get the scoop because there's been like environmentalists like protesting and all that sort of elements of you know you know environmentalism harming the environment's bad type right of right right um so there's this whole thing and then basically like you see like the mountain kind of awaken you know and like start exploding and like things are coming up and this big seal that's kind of appeared this big ancient seal and then essentially our main bad guy monster awake like awakens mm. and then the movie kind of again shifts into kaiju movie mode. right um the big thing i would say because this is kind of like the the biggest positive i would say about the movie and it really deals with this part going on because i i would agree that i i think this is kind of where you get into standard kaiju movie stuff i was very impressed with the practical work in this movie like I, I I was thir- I thought it was extremely well done. Like I, I thought that from the way that the monsters were designed and fought and the space and uh geography of how some of the battles were kept and like the practical space that they kept them in and because it takes place kind of like in like a big forested area era area near a dam and i thought all in the pyrotechnics and you, like you you had kind of joked while we were watching the movie is that you could kind of see where most of the budget went to there was um, the, the explosions were pretty sizable in right this one. um so i thought from from th- all that kind of stuff really really was good uh, in a way that I even think um, some of the other movies of this era could have even learned from, I, I-, I thought. I-, I thought that for the time, I thought that they did a lot of like really dynamic, um, engaging, practical things with like the Mothra puppet and 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 the and the uh, and the uh, the the larva puppet. Um, the Desigadora design is kind of like whatever. It's it's Ghidorah discount, right? It's right. A discount Which my understanding is is the way that it's referred to by many people is that it's like the same species 
it's like a Ghidorah right. species, and it kind of lends credence to why King Ghidorah is King Ghidorah, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then like Desa Ghidorah is just kind it, of like is it Ghidorah in like the third one? Maybe yes, Ghidorah. Like it's actually Ghidorah. King Ghidorah proper is in the third film. Um, because I've always I was just like it was like a, this is a thing where it's like it was so similar to Ghidorah. Right. I was like I was like, at what point did you just like not? Why not use Ghidorah? But mm-hmm. I guess. I, I, and also with very much the same origin uh, as it's, Ghidorah. It's basically it is essentially the same exact creature as Ghidorah with a with with less personality, mm-hmm. as I would say. Like there's just not as much of the head movement and stuff like that, it, and it's kind of got the duller green color, which mm-hmm. I think kind of doesn't really it's help, one of, uh, it's help mo- it stand out. It's noted as one of the few kaiju that breathes legit fire, though. Like where most of the kind of like no like it's kind of like that one thing where everybody thinks Godzilla breathes fire, but he doesn't. Like this yeah. one actually shoots a stream of fire right. out. So, but um, I mean, I would, I would, I would generally, in in one sense, I would generally agree that I think that the actual puppeteering stuff with Mothra and the larva, I think, are are super effective when it's like on screen, mm-hmm. um, not when it's off screen when you can't see it. Well, <laughs> I'll get to that point in a second. Um. I, I I was interested because I felt like to me this was like kind of a good Mothra battle or a mm. good showcase for Mothra's powers, but it was also a battle where nothing really kind of stood out mm. like totally. Like the big explosions definitely did, and I I liked kind of the rain the rainbow kind of coloring of the silly string, like mm-hmm. how that kind of looked, how it kind of like shot out as like the white, but you could see like the colors coming through. I mm-hmm. kind of liked that element of it. But it's also like my at least my memories of like Mothra versus Godzilla, just in terms of the use of Mothra in that movie, was just like how impressive, truly impressive that was. And I felt like that. I think that was like kind of like a more focused direction, right? Though. Yeah, but I'm yeah. Saying like because that was like the big like reintroduction of just like my my one of my biggest praises of of the '92 Mothra movie, Mothra versus Godzilla. Uh, was is how well it showcased like because it like completely reinvented larva mothra and you know it made it more dynamic than it had ever been and like even the, the 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 mothra stuff was like some of the most fun it had ever been and like truly used the modern effects and i feel like this movie definitely in one sense continued that in terms of still like using those puppets and using them effectively and again still giving the larva enough energy mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. function and be interesting, but it just was a step down from what we had seen previously in the hmm. DC era for me. And I just, I just feel like it just didn't really stand out to, to me. In a, in, uh, yeah, in a I mean, I, I, it's funny because I, I, I would agree in the sense of I don't think anything about the fight itself, like just from a story perspective and everything, like really stood out. But I, I don't know. I was I was pretty impressed with like, you know, there were some of these impressive shots where, like, you know, Jessica Dora is in the foreground, is in the is in the background, yeah. and Mothra is flying overhead in the foreground, and then like the like the set is like exploding, and the ground like crumbles, and this big like light beam like tears apart like the Earth as Mothra is like dodging it, um, and then just the how. Jessica Dora like throws Mothra around and how like the puppets impact each other. I, I was really impressed by all that. I-, I thought all that stuff was really good. And I even thought like the fairy and the D- and the uh, Dagara puppets were really good. And um, with, like, I, I like fairy- those. I like those a lot with the fairies I, I like riding like, around on them. I did um, like, I, I, like again, like, you know, just in terms of 
not always. I mean, just just to be fair, just to be again, not always integrated into the scene well. But in terms of the actual puppets themselves and how they looked, mm-hmm. was like very good, very good. So I, I I enjoyed all of that, and all the way up until I I didn't know if I, I I was kind of resistant to it because I know that there are Mothra redesigns going for, later into the uh, the trilogy that I don't like, and I was prepared not to like this one. But we're introduced to Mothra Leo, which is um, and I looked into this is yes, Mothra's son. Um, which um, leads to us basically getting a, uh, a male Mothra, mm-hmm. like an officially like definitive male Mothra. And all things considered, I actually thought like this redesign of Mothra was very good in that you just kind of look at it and you're like, oh yeah, it's like Mothra's son. And I was very impressed through just like very subtle uh, touches to an otherwise classic look really effectively portrayed that and yeah. i and, and i and i i have to give credit that i i thought that they they handled that well right uh i would say i one of the things i did want to say is just i i don't i, I assume this is like a similar or the same author puppet as the previous or is it a new puppet like generally speaking um it, it it's funny because um i looked into it and actually there were some people who had criticized the portrayal of mothra in the um in the 92 film uh, for being too plush like, mm-hmm. um, so it, it 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 is funny. Um, I mean, in, well, in general, I, I just like the 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 original Mothra, the first one. I really like the coloring on it. I mm-hmm. thought that they because I feel like there was like a little more white than mm-hmm. traditionally Mothra, and I felt like that was re- effectively used. The Mothra. No, I mean, they, this I this was a new. I believe this was a new puppet made okay. for this one, but it, it like kind of just like based off. Ba- like yeah, I mean, it's really not that much different, right? I just say like the 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 Mothra design. I felt like was really good, really eye catching. Uh, the Mothra Leo, I I really like the wings, kind of like the the green mm-hmm. nature of it. I like the wings, and again, some of the white was effective. I felt like the the coloring of the face was a little odd to oh, me. Oh, see, that was my favorite part of it, though. Like I like that, like because it has that like kind of like black, I like think, kind of like hat I think, type thing. I do think that I kind of I wouldn't say I didn't like it. It just was something I think I had more. It was like something visually different that mm-hmm. I just had more to get used to. I think it does end up kind of working just to like really establish it. It's like, this is a different Mothra. Right, right, right. Um, but like, I really did like that original Mothra design. And I also think the, the mini Mothra, the fairy design mm-hmm. is like really, like really adorable. The, honestly. The, the other, the other thing that did kind of stand out to me is that Mothra's, like because I think they put a little bit more uh, dynamic puppetry in them, but Mothra's little chicken legs in this yeah. one. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they caught my eye a little bit more. So yeah, in this one, like I know she always has them, but they they really just seem like these weird little chicken legs. Right. Um. So we're we're in this fight. Mm-hmm. Um. And this is again we're kind of certain elements where it's like again we're, what's kind of happening is there's this big fight going on between Discount Ghidorah mm-hmm. and Mothra. Uh, the the larva like can sense that Mothra is in trouble and hatches early, despite the 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 Elias fairies being like, "No, don't do it. You're not ready." So he comes in and then basically like he's trying to defend his mom. Meanwhile, also this uh, larva portray uh, has a lot of other abilities that Mothra larva haven't had right. in the past. It it can camouflage itself. It can shoot a giant energy beam and. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was interesting. And, and, but there's also a sense, and you get that sense, especially once it evolves, which it does, is that it's like a more powerful, like, right, right. Like, mm-hmm. there is a sense that, like, it is, like, 
It's a Mothra for a new age. Right. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, you have the kids have been separated from their parents because the kids, the mom went to go find the dad who was on the mountain and knocked himself out from the big explosion of Des Ghidorah mm-hmm. uh, awakening. So you have mom and, and dad trying to find the kids. The kids are trying to find their own path. And, you know, that's, it's fine. I mean, there's really nothing too special about th- just them walking around the field. You just kind of feel like you cut back to them every once in a while mm, yeah, to yeah, just yeah. kind of see them. Oh, uh, we do. Like, there is kind of a nice scene where the kids uh, come across Mothra kind of resting from being damaged so much as the larva tries to, like, you know, make its way and, mm-hmm. and, and defend. So they use, like, the, you know, they've gotten the, the amulet back and they, they use the, the amulet to kind of give Mothra a little bit more energy which I thought was like a nice moment. Mm-hmm. And of course, all of this leads to probably the biggest uh, moment in the movie is uh, Mothra's death, mm-hmm. uh, where they kind of are able to get the uh, um, leg up on Desigadora by destroying the dam in the area and that washes Desigadora away. Mothra picks up um, um, the smaller, uh, the larva. Uh, which my um, girlfriend um, very lovingly uh, dubbed Grubbery because he she he looked like a giant grub, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, they basically go out into the ocean and and it's Mothra's death scene and you know it's 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 sweet and it's it's sad uh, and in a way in retrospect it is kind of a nice when you look at it this is kind of like which I didn't think of it at the time, but now I'm kind of realizing it, it really is kind of like the origin story for this new Mothra while also being this kind of like passing of the torch from the Mothra we know and love to this new Mothra for this new trilogy. Right. Um, Because they really could have done any of the standard Mothra deaths that we've had in the past, past like, oh, she tried her hardest, like in, like, what am I thinking, like, Tokyo SOS, where, like, she tried her hardest, but then she's like, oh, big sacrifice, she explodes, and then we move on. But this one, they 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 commit to a death scene. Right, yeah, and it's like, you know, because, you know, the the kid, the the kid larva is just like, mom, you know, you're saying that, and then he, the Mothra sinks into the ocean, yeah. and they both... Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is... It, it, it works. Yeah, I, I actually think that... If because and I mean it's tough because the surrounding movie may not kind of prop it up as much, but if kind of like the the mission statement was like, can we do a Mothra version of the Godzilla death from Destroya? Yeah, I think this is a very fair close version of that, and yeah, I think I that agree. there's a lot of beautiful elements about it. I think the fact that it's right after you know she's saving something. It's kind of in the water, so there's like kind of like a you know that's a nice setting for it to happen. And then she, instead of like you know being like buried in rock or in the earth, she kind of like sinks like sinks gently bottom. sinks down. And as her kid had tried to yeah. save her as well and then protect her and, 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 and fails. And, as well. and it's nice that she's not destroyed by a giant explosion. That you her, her the last moments you see her, she's fully intact in the water. And um, so I and I, I would say like. Yeah. One of the strongest parts of the movie is that they they it's solid. They do it well. Yeah. And then, um, so, so the, is- yeah, it's funny because then at that point it becomes that the the larva is basically like, all right, I basically have to because again, it's like you go train. Deskadoris has washed away. There's no. There's kind of like you know, is he still rampaging around? I guess there's some you know lip service that like there's that's still there. 
Um, they go off. So the larva goes back to like infant island. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think a different island. Well, I mean, in, well, yeah, it's like infant island, whatever island that they go to. Yeah. yeah. Well, they go to an island because, and then the whole thing was like, it's this island filled with like trees that are thousands of years old, which yeah. I thought was kind of a nice thing because it's like a thousand year old like species, and mm-hmm. you know, so and and I and I like that. I, I like that part, and that's where it become it yeah, evolves so, itself. So Mothra goes, uh, larva goes to evolve itself into Mothra Leo as the rest of the family goes to hospital. This is a scene that on its on the surface is fine. Like, you know, it, it fits in where it is in the movie. Totally is just way out of left field. Right, because it's also something where I would also say that you what part of the because this monster fight really does go on for a long time because you have the whole monster fight, like the initial one with Mothra and the larva. Then like Mothra Leo essentially gets gets evolved fairly quickly right and then but at, but at this point in the movie sorry to go back but when they separate ways that's where i thought the movie was gonna right end. because it's also like and i will say this too you thought the movie's gonna end there and it really has been a long time since the environmental stuff has like truly come up right to this scene because you have it at the right at the beginning of the movie where like again they're establishing kind of like oh like look at their they're just destroying the forest then you have the one moment in the movie when the dad is like home and he's like, Oh, like all this wasted paper with the junk mail. Right. Right. And then right. the mom's like, but you destroy trees every day. Don't forget that. And it's like, yeah, but this is just a waste. And it's like kind of the irony of that. That's really the true last time that like the environmental thing has really right, been at right. the forefront no, of the right, movie. And that's right. at the beginning of the movie. So then you get to this hospital thing and everybody's kind of, you know, there's like a lot of people injured and you know, the kids are fine and, there's kind of things on the news of like, oh, like this monster still ramp. So we like confirm confirmation. Descador is still around. Monster still rampaging. He's taking, you know, we learn he's taking energy from the earth. So all the plants around him are dying. Plants and the things are dying. It seems like ox- oh, oh, can I can I piggyback off of that statement real quick? And I think this is kind of indicative of the point that the the thematics are so scattershot that it, I almost forgot about this. I did like there's this one moment in the movie where they're like, "Oh, is Descadora like going to kill us?" And they're like, "No, Descadora like you know does Descadora is more interested in the Earth." It's like, and then there's this conversation where they're like, "Think of it like humans live what maybe eighty years? Like your sources of energy are nothing for Descadora. Descadora wants like nature because it's lasted for thousands and millions of years." So I thought that was probably. Like I thought they were, were would go like further with that, but just on its face, I actually thought that was a very interesting kind of like um, uh, philosophical way of framing that. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was interesting that you know without it just being like you, you humans are cockroaches. Like you know instead of doing something like that, it was just interesting that they framed nature and the earth as being like the real right. thing to protect. But in in like kind of like a more spiritual way that wasn't so judgy, I, right. I, I guess. I, I just, I like yeah. that framing. But again, it. it's also something that where it's like, it's not really presented. No, no, I know. Like, I, I know. I'm just saying like when like, that, oh, that yeah, came like, up, like, I like I that. that stuff. But yeah. basically we're in the hospital. So like you see things like, you know, plant, the plant is dying. The kids are taking water from the fish tank to like go there. Then at one point you're basically seeing everybody's get put on oxygen. Cause you know, essentially like, oh, like we're running out of oxygen or mm, something. Right, right. And right. the reporter from like when Descadora first awoke is like on the phone with like uh you know like his news like maybe his news team or something like that it's probably played by harrison ford 
on the other side. Okay. Yeah, he's on the other side of the phone. We'll just get that out of the way now. Um, so he's like on the other side. He's like, oh, like we can't even breathe. It's like, you know, there. And then like a hospital person comes up, like you can't be on your cell phone in here. Then the dude just goes absolutely nuts mm-hmm. and like, like he needs his phone to like do this. And then he like, then he like turns around this like craziness and like points at the dad. It's like you killed us all, and right, it's like right. it really does come out of nowhere because and it's shot like really strangely dour. Mm-hmm. Like it just the look of the scene is super weird. Again, and, and I gotta be honest, as a viewer, do you really care that the dad did that at this point? Just based because off of again, the movie? it hasn't. Yes, because it, it, it. I mean, it, no, <laughs> but like, I guess I agree with your point in the sense that right, like because again, the real last time that that element was given true lip service in the movie was like right at the beginning like right when like all this stuff was like basically when the plot was just beginning to begin established you just go through a whole long part of the movie that really doesn't have anything to do with the environmentalist stuff mm-hmm. um and then that kind of comes back up and you it's just kind of a whiplash if you're just like where did i mean like you you get it because it's like oh right because environmentalism is like a thing yeah but it's just like as a viewer you just there's there's a moment of just like where did this come from because it's so out there again there's okay because i I need to get to this point um but i just feel like again there's just an incompletedness part of this movie where it just feels like there's elements of it that's like around but it just doesn't do the details and this gets into like a visual thing that like bothered me a lot. Maybe not a lot, but it really did like kind of like made me feel like again kind of the incompleteness of the movie is that so Mothra Leo has this whole thing where, you know, you know, it it, it cocoons itself and immediately like becomes Mothra Leo. It like has this moment where it, you know, bursts into a ti- bunch of tiny like butterflies and then right. kind of congeals into Mothra Leo, and then it makes its way back to the you know the mainland. When we get there, there's no establishing shot of like what's happening. You basically like you cut the Mothra flying, and then it just cuts to a close up of um what's of Descadora. It? No, it cuts to a close up of our our main. Oh right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Belvedere, mm-hmm. Belvedere, whatever her name is. Uh, Belvara. it cuts to like about Deval- Belvara. Belvara. <laughs> Belvara. It cuts up to like a close up of her. And then, like, just to a close-up of Mothra and a close-up... Like, there's no establishing shot of, like... It just feels like that's, like, you know, you don't even have, like, she's, like, looking at his destruction or anything there, like that. There, there's a sense that this movie has, uh, okay, wrap it up, right? Like, But that's what I'm saying. Like, that element, like, really, like, jarred me because it's just, like, so against, like, the language of cinema in some ways. Mm-hmm. I'm just, like... It just, like, kind of was, like... Like, as if, like, they cut out a whole scene there. Mm. Like, that they that you were just missing it. And I felt like there were, like, a little bits of that throughout the movie that mm. kind of added up. And I, that's what I feel like when I say the movie just has... There's just details and little bits of the, the, the total package incomplete for me. Of just, like, again, like, thematically, like, just loses those thematics for most of the movie. It kind of loses some of the visualness some places as well some of the character stuff just again gets completely like wiped away just there's like there's an incomplete feeling to this and i feel like again that like, it just feels like it is actually being set up for a series in that sense too mm-hmm. um what was that i didn't hear anything hold on sorry i heard like a creaking noise well it wasn't locked it was closed, so if we if we get murdered in the middle of this podcast, 
Uh, Sir, this, please publish it. This, this or Mad yeah. whoever killed us. Yeah, cool dude. Uh, it's up to you. It's up to you to publish this episode. <laughs> you must do it for us. Um, man, may, then we we get all the <laughs> the fame and the and the right. listeners that we've wanted this entire time. Um, That's just a horror movie waiting to happen. Then someone's murdered in the middle of their podcast, mm-hmm. and then it's like the the investigation into it. It's just waiting. That's a that's a quarantine movie. So wait, where? So there's going to be a podcast about the murder that happened during a podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. Which kind of happened to those guys in Halloween? They were podcasters. The new one. Yeah, the new one. They were, they were like podcasters, and like we do true crime. You, well, what if we did Michael but, Myers? But then they died. But like it's a cla- it's like basically it's the classic like oh they oh like if you listen to this podcast where like these people get killed you're gonna die in like in like three days oh wow we become a haunted podcast we become a haunted podcast it's like it's like if you listen to every if you binge this podcast and make it to this episode and you hear their death cries on (laughs) on mic you die um what were we talking about we were talking about just a um, less interesting movie no i'm just kidding I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I okay. I, I I am I am joking. Um, yeah. I mean, I I agree with you. There there is a level of they kind of just like are getting to the end and they're just kind of like wrapping up the movie. And oh, this is what I was gonna ask. Um, so with that said, when you're saying you felt like it was setting it up, which I also felt too. So what was your feeling about possibly watching the rest of them then? I would have to know, like, this is like, because I was actually, it was very similar, because you asked me this question on Gamera as well. Mm-hmm. With Gamera, I was like, I don't want to jump into it right away, but I am interested to see the rest of the films. I feel like with this one, I kind of need to know what the... um the, What the other ones are about, like the log line? The, the log lines, but also what's, like, kind of the reception. Mm. What's, like, the feeling around them? Because at least with the Gamera ones, I kind of knew... Even if I didn't know what they were about, there it was like, oh, like you know, people really like that third one, and and like you know, that second one is in. like the, the the general vibe around that trilogy was like, oh, this is good. Like I just I would just like need to know if like people are like what people think about those other two movies. I think before I really like dropped into it. And not to say that like, you know, that like I'm I have to see like I I want only watch movies with good reviews, but I just want to see if like the vibe is like they're worth so seeing. so based off it. Of, here are the so uh, here are the other two just the log lines of them. All right, Mothra's twin nymphs and children from the uh, and children find. Uh, sorry, Mothra's twin nymphs. This is written terribly. Um, okay, Mothra's twin nymphs and children from the city find a lost city as well as a giant monster that is attracted to environmental calamities and kind of looking deeper into it it's kind of like a like lost city of atlantis type of story okay um now the third one is one also uh directed by the same director who didn't come back for the sequel um seems a little bit up both of our alleys uh rebirth of mothra 3 and all this you i'll just read the shorter one because it's all you need to save the world, Mothra goes back in time in an attempt to defeat a younger King Ghidorah. And Nick, the poster, has dinosaurs on it. <laughs> All right. I, okay. Now, I'm much more interested in either of those two concepts than this movie. I, I'm definitely a little bit more intrigued by, by both of those. Yeah. I got to be honest. I, 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 
it is interesting because I am kind of curious from the completest uh, completionist point of view yeah. about the next two. I didn't quite have the same like when when I. I think this is kind of where it's coming down to with this movie. And once again, in classic Bonzilla fashion, it's going to sound like I'm being harsher on the movie than I think I actually am. So I'll end on a positive note. But before then, I'm going to say this, is that with the movie itself, um, when, I, when I think of like a movie like Gamera, it, it, it just doesn't quite have that big coming out Mothra standalone movie effect where i'm just like all right yeah now this is like a big movie that is deserving of that mothra name and some of it is not without trying like when you go back and look at it and you look at it as kind of like okay this passing of the torch creating a mothra for a new era which i did not know that's what this movie was going to i think that's the biggest surprise of the movie uh, for me, is that by the end of it, it's really like, oh, they're reintroducing a new Mothra for a new era, and that's the type of movie it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the, and so in those individual moments, it's kind of cool. But I don't know if I ended the movie with like a, all right, yeah, like you know, yeah. a big complete vision in the same way if I compare it to something like Gamera, where they reintroduce this character, and Gamera has a little bit of like there will be more adventures to come. Like, you know, with yeah, Gamera. But, but, but my point being is, like, you introduce Gamera and he flies away and there's, like, this little bit of lip service, like, ah, but there's still Gauss out there. But it's like, but, you know, it's kind of like the end of the Avengers. It's like, you know, how do we, how do we know that Gamera will come back? It's like, because we need him to. Like, it, it, it kind of ends yeah. like that. And this one kind of has, like, a sweet little ending. It, you know, Mothra does the end of Fantasia 2000 where, you know, she, right. like, uh, brings all the green back, or he brings right, all cause, the green cause, back. Because and- uh, Desgadora ha- has really decimated the whole uh, area, and then, like, the, the parents are looking off, and the dad's like, you know what? I'm going to now dedicate my life mm-hmm. to saving the planet. And then Mothra does it in, like, two seconds. Right, right, And right. then I was just like, dad's like, well, my job's done. <laughs> Um, but yeah, well, no, I mean he's still probably gonna like you know he still learned his lesson. No, no, I'm, I, I, I was a joke. Will yeah. that was called a joke. Um, um, learn to laugh at jokes. N- never, <laughs> never do it. Um, but it was just like there's that kind of thing, and then yeah, like Mothra flies off, and the thing is, is like it was like okay, that was there was a, there was a kind of thing that was it's sweet. Cute. It was kind of cute. It's it's cute. It's, and it's then, a cute, but there sweet is movie. like again, there is kind of an emptiness of just like there it just feels like there's something missing. That you're like really gonna latch yourself onto with this one. I'm trying not to say disposable. I'm really not like because I I, I think that is too harsh of a term yeah. for this movie. But I I just do feel like there is a level of just get in and out quick movie mm-hmm. uh, 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 with it, and and I think it it hinders it upon retro like I think when you're watching it, it it's very it, it's good, but then when you kind of get to the end of it, you're like. Oh yeah, that was that was solid. Yeah, that was good. Which I feel bad about because normally I I'm I'm the person where like that. I think that should be enough for a movie. Mm-hmm. I I I really think it's perfectly acceptable of a movie yeah, is just that. But I, I think the my the the hesitation is because you're right. I think those other areas make it feel incomplete rather than just a complete. Yeah, it solid is. It movie. is like a fine movie. Like you know, when it's like we we criticize and stuff, and we say this all the time. 
you know, there are bad movies. This isn't a bad movie. It's just a fine movie. It has its flaws and it just feels incomplete. And it just, it does lack a, 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 a satisfaction uh-huh. to that extent. Um, but, you know, the stuff that's in there, like, you know, again, the, sort of the first half of the movie, I still think has a lot of great concepts. I think the, the, the big kaiju fight, I feel like, I, I feel like is, is again, good. Like not my favorite, but good. I think again, you're right that the 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 best is like kind of the actual physical effects and and the puppeteering. I think is the most impressive part of that. I feel like the I I was again to say that the little bit of like kind of finally like really delving into the relationship between like our good Elias and and you know the bad person. And then there's of course we we, we did mention it briefly, but it turns out her dragon is like a robot, right? And right. it's like again, just kind of a, that's a thing where it's like like why like it's just that's a thing where it's like it really does feel like you're gonna i i i have to i'll be honest i i like that i i I like that i think again it's one of those things like it's intriguing but i just feel like it's not it just feels like there should be more about like stuff like that in the first i I just feel like i'll disagree i i I think that that could that is a fair unspoken thing because i think in this in this whole thing where you basically have, like, e- even if you just take those little fairies, like, and you take fairy, like, the tiny Mothra fairy, like, you've been so invested in it that it's, like, an actual living being that has to be regenerated and taken care of, and the fact that all of this is about nature and life, and the fact that uh, Belvera's been kind of using this little creature, and it's actually, like, a synthetic, like, it, it's like a robot, I think is like an unspoken thing that adds to that character, and and I will uh, okay. I, I'll I'll stand behind that. I, I, I think I, what I'll say is I don't know if I have an issue with the concept of it on its own. Mm-hmm. I just feel surrounded with kind of. You the, think it's one too many things like that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's I, just, I, I would say that's fair. It's just one of those things where it's like if you had like a more distinctive, especially like because again i just think that the the like them ex- truly explaining the stuff that that they know mm-hmm. is just like okay she's our sister and then she, her saying don't trust humanity i feel like that stuff like again comes right at the end of the movie like right before like the you know mothra regenerizes the earth essentially and she gets away by the way um she like they like capture her and they're like you know the the or the elias don't want to kill their evil sister cuz it's like there's she's still our sister so she ends up getting away but it's one of those things where i feel like if you had a more thorough like kind of character for her throughout the movie and maybe a little bit more of kind of the backstory relayed like throughout the middle of the movie too, that's an element where I would have been like, oh, that's like really intriguing and kind of, again, gets into the thematics of what you were saying. I just feel like it's one thing where it happens and it kind of just flows by. And it's just like you just haven't gotten enough backstory or anything about that character before that, mm-hmm. that it just feels like again you just wish there was just more happening with with her with the with the evil fairy sure um yeah yeah it's basically like, yeah, I, I, and it's basically I, and then you know they fly off and the other thing i wanted to mention real quick is just just also that that mothra leo is also exceptionally powerful mm-hmm. like it's presented much more powerful than than his mother and has all these like crazy powers that like you know, he like does a circle and then like a, like a beam kind of shoots down from the sky and like again like a explosion and like millions. I thought those were kind of cool. I think I, I, I thought I, the ability like the 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 turning into a swarm of butterflies I thought was pretty neat. Yeah, I thought like again there was just like if you're gonna do Mothra as her own movie and and its own movie you're gonna want to expand upon that. I thought that was all really cool. 
Um, I actually thought that that was some of the coolest stuff is like the true, like really new different stuff mm-hmm. of like Mothra. And I guess like that stuff where I would be like interested to see if they expand upon that in those yeah. other movies. Cause I thought that was like really cool. It's just like, it was kind of like, whoa, like it's just like they really present like Mothra Leo is like, this is an incredibly powerful creature. And again, this may be a level of me being too harsh of a modern day taking this too seriously critic, but Another thing that I keep going to the Gamera thing is, like, I, I don't really think this movie... Like, I'm kind of curious, based off, because I'll just watch these, <laughs> about where this would go um, with Belvara and all that kind of stuff. But even the world they kind of build is fine. It's, like, it's a standard, standard, like, it was an ancient civilization. It's not and, deep enough. Yeah, whereas, like, I just felt like something like Gamera painted, like, a picture of... Well, there's more to go. That's with all. This. That's all. I mean, that's the thing. It's just like again, just the incompleteness. It just feels like there's an interesting world bubbling here, and it's just there's just not deep enough for you to get invested in it. Yeah. Like because even like when they kind of talk about like it's even like the stuff they talk about and about the past is like really in vagaries, mostly. Like there's really no true like this was what happened, and there's no kind of investment from that. Whereas like I think like Gamera, it really did like in comparison. Um, it really did paint like the world of like the ancient world and 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 these where these creatures came from and and the kind of history like I, I do very think distinctly more distinctly. I will honestly say that this should have the little asterisks that we do sound like assholes a little bit. I mean, it, it's just kind of like like I mean I mean, but it's kind of like looking back on it. It's like they're. I know people hate to say this, but it's like they're making like a like they're making like a Mothra movie yeah. for kids. Like, does does the lore need to be deep? No, it doesn't. I don't think so. But I'm I'm always I'm always on a different level of that. I think like you can make it feel real without necessarily going too deep into it. It just doesn't feel real. I think so, but I also think if some of these other elements were up to up to par, yeah, I wouldn't really care. The thing is, I think it's a lot of it's like. If any one of these other elements of the movie mm. were like better, you could kind of forgive that more, I think, mm. as a viewer. I just think that it's all the stuff together. Mm. I think just comes it just it just I think yeah. I just think it like it, it's just like so it's just too much mm. of like stuff that is unexplored or stuff that's kind of lost throughout the movie. It's just too much together that's like it's still a fine watch. Yeah. Listen, it's cute. It's adorable. Like, when the cute things happen, they're very cute. When the silly things happen, they were very silly. When the sad things happen, they were very sad. And they elicited all the proper emotions for me. Right. And uh, when, uh, you know, the fighting happened, the and the fighting worked for me. So maybe that's why I skew a little bit more toward the positive mm-hmm. um, than it sounds like you may be, but... Um, you know that 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 that's where that's where I uh, I, I stand at, but but ultimately I, I do feel like I have to say like in in some ways I think it it, it doesn't necessarily hit all the marks deserving of the queen of the monsters. I, I yeah. think that's kind of ultimately, unfortunately, where where I stand. I mean, I, I think it's just it's an inevitability. Mm-hmm. Like when we look at this movie, is that you know if it was like a, just another original monster or if it was something more because that's the other thing about like at least for me and Gamera is that I don't have that connection to like the whole Gamera legacy there's an element of just like that movie is a really good just like introduction to like this this version of the Gamera lore so I feel like if it was you know it's like there's something where it's like because it's such a large legacy too like, like, admittedly, if this was, it's funny enough, I, I mentioned this all the time, but if this was, like, a Jet Jaguar movie and it was, like, 
they, you know, Chet Jaguar has just one random appearance back in the Showa era, and this was like a, a movie of just like that. There's kind of, I think there's a different feel of just like, okay, you're doing different things, and it's like a fun children's movie with a tiny stuff. Okay, I just feel like you you put a heavy hand on it when it's Mothra because mm. she really is like the second, kai, like she's the second in the kaiju tier. Well, this conversation can go also two ways because I am sympathetic to the point where. Well, as a fan, it, like, can you just kind of relax the reins a little bit? I'm sympathetic to that point. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, like, real quick example, because we always have to bring the DCEU into this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I was one of those people who was very, I was, I was very much, like, insistent on being mad that Batman killed people in BVS. Mm-hmm. I think looking back on it now, I don't think I'd be as militant about it. Right. Um, but in the same way that I do think about that movie, because one of the things I would say about that movie, though, it's like, but where I do think I'm vindicated is that, but you're kind of telling me in the text that I should be bringing in that baggage. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so it's like, because, you know, there's a part of it where it seems like, wait, you're presenting it like it is a big deal. Like, you're showing, like, the close-up of him using a gun, so clearly my attention. So my baggage of he doesn't kill people plays a role into this. But it's kind of like, but he, you, you, am you I know, making yeah, sense Yeah, that? it makes sense. So in a way, um, I'm going to relate that back to Mothra. That almost kind of, so my, vin, I understand maybe I should release the reins of the sanctity of Mothra in a movie like this. On the flip side of that, I do feel like this movie the context of this movie is asking you just to hop into it because you know Mothra. Exactly. So yeah. it's like, like which one is it? Am I, am I bringing in my prior knowledge and affection for Mothra? Um, or am I supposed to just kind of let them do what they do? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a tricky balance to, to follow. And, and I think both sides of the argument are valid, Yeah. but um, it, it definitely often leads to a very conflicted, at least emotional response to the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. Yeah. I mean, I'll go back and I'll, I'll watch the next two because I'm, I'm curious about them. I'm more excited about the dinosaur one than the, uh, than the, uh, yeah, lost the lost city one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's it. So anyway, at the end of the day, like we mentioned several times, it spawned, uh, uh, two more movies. It was successful and enough to do two more. It was successful enough to do two more. And, and the big thing about it that the legacy of the movies is that it, it's just kind of people do fairly look at it as a nice, sweet little milestone for not only Toho's monster franchises, but for Mothra itself. Like it is like a lot of people look at it. It's like it is kind of endearing that Toho just spent their post Godzilla years like offering Mothra three fun family-friendly films. Right, because it really is the connection between... Just because. Like, because you do these three Mothra movies, then, like, you know, obviously 98 is a disaster, so Mm. they go right back to Godzilla 2000. Like, it really is, like, we've said... You know, it's kind of funny to think about. We've said, like, oh, they take a break from Godzilla, but they were still making these, which is kind of a nice deal and it's also that it's a big deal that, like, Mothra, of course, would be the one that would get Mm -hmm. the additional films. Yeah. Um, so, um, I think, I think that's gonna, that's gonna do, do, do it for that. We already said that, um, I, I was also gonna say Harrison Ford could have also been the lead of, like, the giant company conglomerate, whatever, that is, uh, funding the deforestation. Yeah. Like, you know, he, maybe he's, like, the evil, like, American, like, investor investor or something, something like that. Um, all right, so you know that that uh, that does it for uh, for this episode. I hope everybody 
enjoyed. Um, and uh, so next time, Nick, I think you're going to be happy about this one. Ooh. I think it is finally time to go back. And yes, we are going to watch War <laughs> for the Gargantuans. You were either going to say War the Gargantuans or King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> one of those two. So I was very happy either way. So Yeah, I was, I was trying to think of something clever to say. I was like, War, what is it good for? The Gorgantulous. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch this one. I think that this will be a fun uh, one. All right, I'm excited. I'm coming. excited to finally discover the mysteries of War yeah. the Gargantuous. But, you know, like we said, next week, or next time, isn't a uh, Godzilla episode. It's a Bond episode, which you have kind of, uh, which, again, we need to think the details of, but we're yeah, so we are, visiting Mr. Moore Yeah, we're going, to, we're going to be showcasing Roger Moore in our tradition of doing something different with the actors. We're going to be going into television, um, the, uh, Saint TV series is, as far as I know, still currently available, uh, for free on Shout Factory's TV. Um, I most likely, will, well, I will discuss the details. I believe it's most likely we're going to probably watch more than one episode just to get a more, this is a TV series. Mm-hmm, it's like yeah. more, more full. We'll discuss how many episodes, um, we'll either, I'll either announce that in the deep diver on Twitter. So you folks at home can follow along. Perfect. Um, all right, everybody. Well, uh, that will do it for us. Until next time. All right, we have a bonzillapod at gmail. Right, you have to plug. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, I'm all I'm all messed up. Sorry, I haven't eaten dinner yet. Uh, I'm done. We're done. You're done. Yeah. Now plug away. There all we right. go. Bonzilla I'm back pod. on track. Bonzillapod at gmail dot com. Quam. Quam. Uh, it makes me think of Jerry Maguire. Uh, the Quan. Um, it's a good movie. You should watch that as well, folks at home. If you've never seen Jerry Maguire. Uh. Bonzillapod at gmail.com, twitter.com slash bonzilla007, facebook.com slash bonzilla007. Like and subscribe, iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave us a rating or review. That's it. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Have a fun time at home. <laughs>